Hello, and welcome back to the Upper Bowl GM Podcast. As always, it is your host, Nick Zararis, and on today's show, going to be discussing the Monday night wildcard playoff game, the first time ever the NFL media conglomerate monster has pushed the playoffs onto a Monday night. Uh, I am recording this game at the start, uh, recording this podcast at the start of the third quarter of the game because it is 21 nothing Rams at this point in the game. The Rams have moved the ball with pretty much impunity. They've been able to do more or less whatever they want on offense when Stafford hasn't been sacked, and Arizona has looked extremely uncreative on offense, unable to move the ball in any real way. I will keep an eye on the game, and if it becomes competitive, I can always I can always add an addendum on to the end as I'm recording, but... This won't be a particularly long episode, just some general thoughts about the game, some of the takeaways we can have from it, looking ahead towards next weekend, and just some ideas for thinking about strategy in situations like this when you have a young quarterback like the the Cardinals do in Kyler Murray, who's never been to the playoffs before, a head coach in Cliff Kingsbury, who's never been in the playoffs before. Some big picture ideas you can take away to use as foundations for why what they did show why it didn't work for them that's what's frustrating about this situation is the cardinals are a reasonably talented football team they just didn't play like it on monday night and they didn't put their playmakers in a position to succeed oh my goodness they just had odell throw a double pass Woo, that was nice and cam maker cam Akers looks really good for somebody who tore an achilles six months ago which is an insane sentence in all things considered, modern medicine is absurd. Okay, before I get into the sustenance of today's show, the the calories, the reason you're listening, I do got to remind everyone to help support the show, whatever means you can. Interactions on social media are terrific. Going to start putting some things out on there other than just links to the podcast. On whatever podcasting platform you use, please subscribe to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Stitcher, Google Play, all the major podcasting platforms. This show is available there. If you're using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a review. Spotify, you have to listen to a few episodes before you can leave a review. Apple Podcasts, you go to the show's page, you scroll past our recent episodes at the bottom. Five clear purple stars. Hit the one furthest to the right. Underneath that is a button with purple letters that says write a review. Leave a few words of encouragement. Support your content creators. We are all out there amongst the sea of content trying to differentiate ourselves and find our own footholds. Every single review helps, especially for this podcast, which is still in the early stages of existence, relatively speaking, when you look at some of the other sports media podcasts that are out there. All of that said, I will see you guys on the other side of the drop, and we will talk about the Rams' ass-kicking of the Cardinals. Addendum. I've been watching the game on mute, obviously, while I've been recording this episode. Aaron Donald was not ejected from the game. I just saw a shot of him with no helmet on on the sideline after he visibly was choking A.J. Humphreys. I assumed he was out of the game. He is not out of the game. He is in the game. He very well could still be suspended. I doubt he will, but he very well could be. Just want to make sure I get that correction in. And with that, we will jump on into it. First and foremost, a lot of the things I'm about to say about the Cardinals are things I said about the Eagles in their game against the Buccaneers on Sunday. 
They didn't put their young quarterback in a position to succeed. Yes, Kyler Murray is extremely talented. He's year three in the league. He's got more experience than Jalen Hurts did in the game on Sunday. He should know better. He should have had a more... Ooh, and Cooper Cup just scored a touchdown. Yeah, it's 28 nothing. I can. I feel relatively confident I'm not going to need to re-record. That's good. But the Cardinals did not do anything to help Kyler Murray out. At the half, they had seven rush attempts for 27 yards. Kyler had 17 pass attempts for a net of 13 passing yards. That just goes to show you how difficult it was for them to move the ball, and they couldn't get into any kind of rhythm. And everything I said about the Bucks pass rush getting home against Jalen rings true in this game as well. When the defense knows you have to pass more often than not, the pass rushers get to pin their ears back and just worry about the quarterback. They'll give you the run of five or six yards every now and then when you do hand it off. Because they know the other team can only pass their way out of the hole. And that's one of the reasons why it is so hard to come back from such a big deficit. When the defense knows what's coming, they are better situated. The Rams play pretty sticky coverage downfield. Jalen Ramsey is one of the best, if not the best, corners in the entire league. But it's about the pass rush for them. And this is not, this pass rush features names you know. You know Aaron Donald. You know Von Miller. This is not a pass rush in the same vein of the 49ers where they are just going to get pressure with four and drop and play coverage. They're going to send some exotic things. They're going to stunt. They're going to rotate the gaps they're sending guys through. They're going to try and get Aaron Donald to draw some double teams so he opens up other gaps for other pass rushers to come in. But when the quarterback, in this case Kyler Murray, is constantly dropping back and the limitations of Cliff Kingsbury's offense are very well known. This is a college offense. There's a lot of stop routes like sticks and curls, and there's go routes. And there's the RPO stuff, which are the lat- the passes that are essentially laterals that are extension of the running game, which are designed to take advantage of numbers. If you have a blocker and receiver and there are just one, two defensive backs on the other side against them, you throw it that way every time. You assume your one receiver blocks, the receiver who catches the ball makes the guy miss, and you have a numbers advantage there. That is the assumption on those RPO passes and why you throw them in two-on-two situations. It's just counting the heads. That's all you got to do in that situation when you're reading the RPO. Are there more numbers inside the box? If not, we hand the ball off. But the Cardinals did not do a great job of getting Kyler Murray in a situation to use his legs. Not a lot of designed runs, and I know Kyler has dealt with a lower body injury most of this season and it's clear he's playing without his full range of mobility he is still an explosive runner in the few opportunities he's needed to evade the pass rush but he's not taking off and running in a way you would normally see him they have not used him in the zone read game at all in this game which is a staple of this offense those are the give me plays for this offense On first and 10, and you want to get five yards to set up second down and have your full range of options for second and third down. For Arizona, it's the read option with Kyler. For other teams, it's the RPOs. For some teams, it's setting up a screen. For some teams, the screen is their bread and butter. And that sounds crazy to say, but you got to have things you as an offense can do, whatever the situation based on whatever the defense is giving you, so that a defense has to respect what you want to do as an offense. 
And in this game, the Rams never were able to establish anything. So, the excuse me, the Cardinals were never able to establish anything, which allowed the Rams to tee off on defense. And then, because the Rams were able to play so well on offense, that in turn means the Cardinals have to play more aggressive on defense. And what does that mean? That means sending pressure. That means blitzing. That means sending extra guys and leaving your uh, guys in the secondary on islands. When you're blitzing, that means you're taking somebody away from coverage, an extra person away from coverage, in addition to your four down linemen, in this case, for what Arizona runs as a defense. And that's where you get into those opportunities and why you ha- saw Tyler Higby have a couple of big plays in up the seams because those are linebackers and players from the sec- Cardinal secondary coming down to the line of scrimmage trying to get to Matthew Stafford before the ball is thrown. And when you're constantly sending pressure, there are going to be open guys. If Stafford's hitting those open guys as a defense, you are cooked. The Cardinals were cooked in this game very, very early. I, I think the turning point for me was that drive right after they go punt, punt, punt. The Rams get the ball from the Arizona 48. They hit a play-action pass to Odell up the seam. Big play. Plus, I think, 15 yards? Yes. They get a Cam Akers run for seven. They QB sneak it. It doesn't work. They get Cam Akers for 15 yards. It comes back. They get the first down. It comes back for a hold. First and 20. Inside run again. Higby. Inside the hashes, because it's cover one, there's only one safety up high. They attack the seam. Cam Akers for two. They're in the red zone. Odell, the jump, the double move fade. And right from there, you could tell the Rams were going to be able to do whatever they wanted on offense. And that's a problem for a team like Arizona that is effective when they have a lead. There are a lot of teams in the league, and this is not an indictment of individual teams like Arizona. It is a commentary on the state of certain types of offenses in this league where Arizona can play with a lead because that's when the run is as equal of a threat as the pass. Remember everything I just said about the Cardinals not having anything they can do foundationally on offense when you're down three or four scores and you need to throw every single time and the defense doesn't respect the run. The inverse of that is when you are playing with a lead and the defense is expecting a run, that's when you have opportunities to do play action, run pass options, RPOs, all of the things to confuse the defense so the defense can't get a good bead on what's coming at it. That stuff is there when you are playing with a lead or it is a one-score game. After that, the defense is fine with you handling the ball off for four or five yards. That helps them more than it helps you because it's going to burn another 30-ish seconds off of the clock. And you're, yeah, sure, you got six yards. That doesn't help you get any closer to making up the three-score deficit. And that's what makes these kinds of games so difficult. The, the analogy to use is a snake when it has you in, when a boa constrictor is wrapped around you, the more you struggle, the, the quicker it's going to kill you. That's what the Rams did in this game. The Cardinals could not move the ball in any real way. And it's in part because of their own schematic limitations. You heard me talk about this on the preview episode for the NFC on Thursday, I picked the Rams to win this game partly because the Cardinals offense is so dependent on Kyler Murray making plays outside of structure because they just don't have any, they don't have any slam dunk plays. They don't have any gimmies. That's the thing. Every offense needs to have their gimme plays for the Cardinals. 
Without DeAndre Hopkins, especially, who's been out for quite a while now, their gimme plays is Kyler Murray scrambling after nobody gets open down the field, which is a problem. If nobody's getting open and Kyler's constantly having to run, the defense will live with that because they're playing zone. Rams are one of the highest deployers of zone defense of any team in the entire league, partly because of the personnel. And in a game like this against Kyler, who is a plus runner at the quarterback position, you need to be playing zone. Because if you are in man, there will be the occasion where nobody realizes they have to pick up the quarterback because it's man. Because traditionally, you don't have to account for the quarterback, which is what makes running quarterbacks so difficult for man defenses to play against. Usually, the quarterback doesn't have to be accounted for. And in theory, you're playing 11 on 10. But in the case of someone like Kyler, Lamar, Josh Allen, a plus runner of the ball at that position, the defense has to respect it. So they're going to sit in their zones. They're going to say, okay. Beat us over the top, Kyler. You want to run for seven yards? That's fine. You're still down three scores, and you just wasted 35 seconds off the clock. That's great for us. And I will say, on occasion, Sean McVay has gotten a little cute in these kinds of situations. He's allowed teams to play their way back into the game in the back door because they haven't been efficient on offense. And having Cam Akers back has really helped. Akers has looked really good in this game. For somebody who tore his Achilles at the beginning of training camp, it is really crazy to think that this is somebody who tore an Achilles in July and they are playing in a playoff game in the same season. Akers has 10 carries for 36 yards. That doesn't sound like a gaudy total, but it's the types of runs where Akers had positive carries that have mattered. He's had several 10-plus yard runs in between the tackles, which really helps because Akers is a little bit more of a finesse runner, even though he's got that powerful lower body. He's the one who's going to make people miss, and Sony Michelle is your, your blunt hammer. He's going to run between the tackles. He's going to try and fall forward every time, get three yards, four yards at a clip. And Michelle isn't ex- explosive as he was at Georgia. He probably never will be, but they were able to run the ball effectively, and that helps McVay's offense so much. And you heard me talk about this again. I, I hate to do the Jim Nance. You know, we talked about this during the week for our preparation, but you heard me talk about it. The Rams do not have that many offensive plays total. They are a team that relies on pre-snap things, misdirection, and confusing the defense as opposed to having a bunch of different plays to work from. Ooh, and Aaron Donald is fighting with... Oh, there are very few people on the planet Earth I would like to fight less than Aaron Donald. That is... a absurd behavior from whoever that is on the Arizona offensive line. I think that's the left tackle who got blown up very badly by Von Miller on one of the sacks earlier in the game. But moving along in this discussion, we gotta get over this obsession with where somebody plays, what kind of production they have in college. Production matters to some degree, but it's very clear that Where somebody played in college, the quality of competition has never mattered any less than it does now in today's NFL. We've long, at least those nerds like me who've been in the draft community is what I'll call it, the NFL draft prospects community, whatever verbiage you want to use to describe it. It's about traits. It is about quantifiable, measurable traits. Things you can see, you can measure, and understand. How hard does this player throw the ball? How accurate are they? How willing are they to learn and improve? How willing are they to go outside of their comfort zone? 
These are all things that teams need to be thinking about at the quarterback position. That's It's the most important position in the league. They touch the ball every single snap on offense. They are the radio for the coach or play caller, if it's an offensive coordinator, depending on the team, to channel their thoughts through. They are the vehicle in which the offense runs. If you don't have a functioning quarterback, it is more or less impossible to win with any real frequency in today's NFL. Just flat out, full stop, you cannot win in today's league consistently without strong quarterback play. You need to find a way to maximize what your quarterback is good at. That is where you get into problems like what we've seen in Arizona now. Without DeAndre Hopkins, they've been unable to to find a a baseline for their offense. A lot of their offense is Kyler, make a play, find Nuke, move the chains. And then once they get a couple of those shots and the defense starts respecting that, the, the, deeper, the deeper passes, they start moving guys out of the box and they're inviting you to run the ball. That's where they can get Chase Edmonds and James Conner and Kyler to, because he is an extension of the running game going. You want to be able to have fallback options. You saw it on Sunday. That Sunday is the worst-case scenario version of what happens when your quarterback is unadaptable and they have physical limitations. Jalen Hurts has been playing injured. He says it's been a lower body injury. He had a walking boot on after the game Sunday. That will mess with your mechanics. We talked about it on yesterday's show about Dak coming back from the leg injury that cost him a game during the season. The week they played the Vikings and Cooper Rush started when they were on Sunday Night Football. Not right when you're stepping, it's harder to throw the ball. If you're not stepping into your throws, it is hard to be accurate with any real consistency unless you are one of the freaks like Rodgers, like Josh Allen. And that's really where I'll end the discussion about being able to throw off of one foot, no feet, all shoulder. You can do that if you are that good. Everybody else, fundamentals. You got to crawl before you can walk. I know it's not sexy. It's not exciting. Kyler, step into your throws, lead your receivers, make your reads. It was really hard for him to do that because the Rams knew you were going to be passing more or less every single play of the second half. He's in obvious passing situations. Those offensive linemen are getting tired. They're trying their best holding up. I mean, Aaron Donald did get tossed from the game for trying to choke that guy, but those offensive linemen are tired of pass blocking, man. They... Uh, the run, you need to be able to run the ball a little bit. I talked about it yesterday about why I think the Bills' ceiling is a little bit higher because they showed uh, a layer to their offense that they hadn't shown during the regular season on Sun uh, Saturday against the Patriots. They got Singletary going. They got him going in the running game. They were using Josh Allen in the running game you got to be able to move the ball on the ground a little bit, so you have to respect it. And it's weird, because when it's only 14 nothing, you don't have to totally get away from the run. You don't have to get away from the run at 14 nothing, especially in the first half, because you have a whole nother half to move the ball. That's why you can't be doing... You can't get away from the run too much. you got to mix in a run here and there, so that it doesn't get to 20 8 nothing before you score like it did in the Rams game. And I'm looking up now, and Cam Akers, 
I think that's Lewis Murphy Jr. on the Cardinals defense who's hurt, hurt, and looks like he's getting strapped to the backboard. This is terrible radio. I shouldn't be doing it. No, that's not Lewis Murphy. Oh, that's Buda Baker. Oh, he rolled up his neck that. Ooh, 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 ooh. That ESPN should not be showing this replay over and over again. That guy's neck, that, your neck is not supposed to bend like that. That is very, very uncomfortable to look at. Jesus Christ. Okay, continuing on in my main point. When you are a play caller, you cannot lose anything. You have to have the full range of tools in your toolbox. I'm not saying you need to be able to run it a specific way, but you need to be able to run it a little bit. I'm not saying even more than 15, 20 carries. If you're going to have 65, 70 plays on offense, which is a little bit on the higher end of things, if you're going to have that many plays, you got to have 20-ish runs in there if you're going to win the game. And... It's weird that the Cardinals did not try and run the ball a little bit more than they usually would as on the ground, not not with Kyler, I mean with Edmonds or um, James Conner. That's a way to stop a pass rush. You can stop a pass rush with screen passes and running the ball. If you can run the ball effectively, the other team has to start respecting the run, and then they're going to stop sending that extra guy on blitzes. And once they stop sending that extra guy on blitzes, then you have a little bit more time to pass. You can keep your quarterback in the pocket a little bit longer. You can move him around. You have more options as an offense. And that's really all I'm advocating for here. I'm not saying you need to be like the Ravens and the Cardinals and the Eagles this year where you're one of the best rushing attacks in the league because your quarterback's an extension of the running game. That's a nice wrinkle to have, but you need to have other options. And the limitations of the Cardinals as a pass-first offense are very clear. Without DeAndre Hopkins, their bread and butter is underneath crossing routes to Rondale Moore. They do not have enough creative ways to get him, Zach Ertz, to a lesser extent Christian Kirk. you got to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. It's one of the reasons the game got away from the Eagles so fast. There was no underneath stuff to just get Devontae Smith a touch to see if he can make anybody miss. Rondale Moore, I, l let me pull up the stats. I I'll do some Francesa Bad Radio. I will... Pull up the stats real quick because I, I have the box score for the game open on my phone. At this point in the game, there's 150 to go in the third quarter. Rondell Moore has five receptions. Christian Kirk has three. Zach Ertz and James Conner have one. And I have no idea who this is. Hang on. D. Daniels. Daryl Daniels has two. They have 12 completions for 74 yards with a minute 50 to go in the third quarter. That is flat-out inexcusable for an offense that prides itself as being a pass-first air raid offense. That kind of stuff sucks. That is not what you want to see. And it's frustrating because those of us who have criticized Cliff Kingsbury over the last few years who want to see that team succeed because they have so many young and exciting players, it's frustrating, man. You want to see young and exciting players like Kyler to, well, Nuke isn't young anymore. He's like 29. But exciting players like that have opportunities to use their gifts. And in that offense, they are being wasted. I know there's conjecture whether or not Cliff is actually going to leave that job after this season. Based on how this playoff game has gone, I would think about it if I was Arizona. I don't know if there are any of the coaches out there that you're in love with. If you're the Cardinals, you've allowed Kingsbury to enact his vision on your franchise. They've made some unique personnel decisions it they've drafted some players 
like Buda Baker, who just got really seriously injured, like Isaiah Simmons. They, they've tried to get to that positionless football idea that I occasionally talk about where you have somebody who can line up more or less anywhere on defense, and that causes confusion for the offense. They don't know what they're looking at pre-snap, what their responsibility of that free defender is going to be. You want to see... I would like the Cardinals to make a coaching change. I have no vested interest in the well-being of that team. I don't have a stake in that division. I just want more good teams in the NFL. The more good teams there are in the league, the better the viewing experience is for everybody. That's all I've ever wanted. If every team was good, that would be great. Of course, you can't have 32 good teams. Everybody cannot go 8-8. Eight and eight. I Not anymore. You can't even go 8-8 eight eight anymore because of the stupid 17-game schedule. I don't know what the perfect... Uh, parody result would be for the season if every game flipped every other way every single week i nine and eight every single team goes nine and eight something like that i don't know if there's a world in which that could happen mathematically but if we could have something like that happen it'd be a lot better for the viewing experience than watching games that are just absolute murders and that's been the disappointing part of super wild card weekend as i wrap up my conversation here None of these games have been competitive, aside from the ones in which the referees had an outside influence in the results. San Francisco, Dallas, and Cincinnati, Las Vegas. Those games were close because the referees were throwing flags every other play and allowed bad offenses to keep moving the ball. In the other games, the the talent gap was clear. I thought the Rams were more talented than Arizona. I figured they would win this game. The only real... The only real way the Rams were going to lose this game is if Matt Stafford totally self-immolated, like a three or four turnover Carson Wentz type game, which is what Kyler Murray's had. I mean, he's only got he's got two interceptions, one of them being a pick six. The Cardinals have had basically no chance of stopping the Rams since that first two. They stopped them the first two times the Rams got the ball. After that, it was kind of curtains for. The defense, that defense is exhausted. They've been on the field the entire game. You start to give up, man. You're trying hard still, but you're not running after guys as hard if the score is 28 nothing like it was for a while there and going into the third quarter. I wish the Rams had a little more depth. They are one injury away from being screwed. They will go to Tampa Bay in a rematch of one of the more exciting games of the regular season. Those teams met in week two in LA and the Rams won. That was kind of the Rams coming out party with Matthew Stafford for everybody to get excited over them with. They've had a weird rocky season. Tampa Bay will probably be three and a half, four point favorite if I had to guess. Got to see if Aaron Donald is going to get suspended or not for choking a dude, which he has managed to escape, even though he's choked multiple people over the course of his NFL career. He's never been suspended for that, which is kind of weird, but the league plays favorites with who it chooses to suspend and whatnot. But My last thought, very straightforward. The reason you need to have the offensive-minded head coach is very simple. You have a higher floor with an offensive-minded head coach. The Rams with Jared Goff have been mediocre and at times during Goff's tenure prior to last year legitimate contenders they could have won the Super Bowl the year they lost to New England 10-3 the year after that they still went to the playoffs Todd Gurley falling apart was a real problem but guys like McVay guys like Kyle Shanahan to a lesser extent Kevin Stefanski you have an offensive-minded guy as your play caller as your head coach they're able to finesse offense and If you can score 25 points a week, you'll have a chance to be in most games. 
that's all you need. And if your defense can get one turnover, it doesn't even have to be a good defense. If you just get turnovers at key situations like Dallas's, you give up a lot of yards and you still get some turnovers, you can be a good team. That's my final thought for today's episode. The offensive-minded head coach is the one you want. I don't want the Giants to hire a defensive-minded guy. I don't want Dan Quinn. I don't want Ryan Flores, as much as that might shock some Giant fans out there who are very vocally pounding the table for Brian Flores, who has shown no ability to keep anybody on his staff long-term. I mean, there's a reason Patrick Graham left the Dolphins for the Giants, because Patrick Graham didn't want to deal with Brian Flores being kind of a psycho. Uh, it was kind of weird when Patrick Graham left the Dolphins for a lateral move. He went from defensive coordinator to defensive coordinator, which is something that happens all too often. But I'm, I'm losing the plot for... I'm losing the trees for the forest. That's I think that's the expression. Don't mind me. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode a lot more than they enjoyed the Rams kicking the Cardinals' ass. Um... Hopefully the divisional round's better. The wild card round was very disappointing. We'll see what we're going to do Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, same deal. We'll do AFC, NFC, one each day. Probably stick to about 40 minutes for each of those. I'll try and get a guest. Uh, there's a few people I've been playing email tag with who I'm trying to nail down to get, get a little bit more of an expansive conversation other than just my own thoughts. I hope everyone enjoyed today's show. I will see you tomorrow. Thank you.